back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. The podcast in the shed tonight. Yeah, we're doing our first uh, shed cast. This is our third location. It is. Because we've yeah. done the cabin, and we always do my loft. Yeah. And this is the first shed cast. Right. For a special episode, we're doing the Scream for Me Sarajevo documentary and soundtrack review. And soundtrack, right. Oh, deadly. Yeah. Actually, we just watched it together. We just watched it. That's why we're doing it here, because uh, we came over here and watched it in the shed. I ordered the Blu-ray. I pre-ordered the Blu-ray yeah. and the vinyl. Yeah. It didn't get here in time for, for this, which is fine because where you live in eastern Canada, stuff takes a long time to get out here. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, I don't mind that. So I figured, like, well, I'll just buy it on iTunes. So I went on iTunes and bought it, thinking I could just, like, play it on, I don't know, something. <laughs> something watchable. <laughs> and I couldn't get it to work on anything because it's like has, like, digital rights DRM on it. Yeah. And then I was trying to find some software to, like, strip it out so I could play it on, I don't know. It was a nightmare. So yeah. finally I borrowed a cable, to, like a whatever that is, to HDMI and hooked it up. And finally we, we were able to watch it, but it was, uh, there was a lot of uh, cursing. when. Uh, but it was good quality. Yeah, yeah it worked fine. Once it was awesome. Hit, but I just thought I could download it and watch it on whatever I want. But obviously because it's Apple, he can't. But yeah. anyway, that's my rant, end of rant. <laughs> exactly. But because we also, uh, we don't... Um, like to drink before our podcast. We've done that before and it didn't work out well. And we right. had to trash a bunch of them. So we haven't had a beer. We watched a whole movie without a beer, which was for <laughs> me, I think that's got to be a first. So I want to get to the beer. Okay. Should I describe this first? Sure, describe it. Yeah, this is awesome. It's got a wax seal. It's a what a, about the size of a wine bottle. Uh, Prince Edward Island beer. It's called After Hours and it's done by the Prince Edward Island Brewing Co. And it says an extra strong beer, a Belgian style golden strong ale aged in bourbon barrels. Then blended with a fresh, uh, unbarreled, golden strong ale and bottle conditioned. Amazing. Okay, so they barrel age it and then they like mix it with fresh. Yeah, and then bottle conditioned. That's pretty cool. Uh, at, at PEI Brew on Twitter. So uh, fantastic. I'll put this one on the beer list on uh, TalkingMaiden.com. I'll it'll be there by the time this episode goes live. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. And here we go. It's all waxed in. Oh, it smells lovely. 9%. What do you think? First impression of the, smells good. the nose on this? Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's one of our best years. I said that, like, I think the last three beers. But this is uh, one of our best beers. Oh, my God. That's so, so good. Island Brewing Company. Hmm. That's so good. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's bitter. Man, yeah, you can taste the bourbon a little bit. Yeah. Bourbon, my favorite thing. And this stupid free trade war, apparently bourbon is 25% higher now. Really? Here in Canada. Yeah, happen? because of this NAFTA thing. Okay. Trump tariffs and Trudeau tariffs. and Yeah, politics ruining everything. I know, ruining everything, <laughs> as per usual. I need a Leafs moment. Okay. Dibs on a Leafs moment. So if anyone knows, back when we started the podcast, I used to always say Josh can have two minutes <laughs> To talk about the Maple Leafs. You said a minute, but I'll take it. Okay, time. well, yeah. It was a Leafs minute, that's right. Yeah. So uh, because, we haven't done it in a long time because there was some uh, heartbreak during the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> well, your team put my team out of the playoffs. That's Let's right. Just call a fucking it. spade a spade. <laughs> your team put my team out. Now, you didn't mention it, thank So now Jesus. you have uh, big news, so yeah. you can have your Leafs minute. I'm going to start the clock. Okay, well, this week, and I got a great story about it too, this week... John Tavares, who is one of the best centers in the game, 
He's from Toronto. He's 27 years old. He's he's amazing. Drafted first overall when he came in. Nine years with the Islander. Pretty well an all-star the whole way. Comes off for free agency. Doesn't re-sign with his team, which is rare in hockey. Goes to the Leafs. Joins Austin Matthews, Mitch Mariner, all the team. Vegas put out their odds today. We're 7-1. to We're the highest league to win the Cup next year. And what's my Wi-Fi password? What's my Wi-Fi always been? Leafs Cup 2019, baby. That's true. <laughs> but this, is, this seriously moves the needle. All right? So amazing! There, I'm in my least minute, but I'm yeah. telling the story about it. So a friend of mine, <laughs> a friend of mine, had a baby yesterday. So he sends it around a group text, and we're all like, "Congratulations, congratulations!" And then I sent him back a picture of Tavares and Leafs jersey. I was like, "It's a big day for both of us, Dave." <laughs> to which I was met with a groan. But anyway, so there you go. All right, it's on record now. So it's on record. Okay. So yeah, we finished. Just finished watching the. Uh, we're in the shed. We just finished watching uh, "Scream for Me" Sarajevo documentary, which yep. was pretty awesome. The soundtrack's great. Yeah, the soundtrack I've been listening to. You made a playlist of it weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. And I've been listening to it around the clock. Yeah, we've been listening to it like nonstop. And a week yeah. ago, or a little less than a week ago, it came out on like streaming services. That's right. Yeah. Well, the, the set list was announced, I think, back when they announced when they did the pre-order. It was around that time that yeah. they put it out. And we we had it built up. You had it built up there. Yeah, we made Google the set Play. list out of the yeah. album tracks. Yeah. yeah, which for me, other than the Tattooed Millionaire cover we did and... Uh, um, what was the other one? Uh, two, uh, two other. There's another album. Which one? Chemical Wedding. Chemical you know. Wedding. Yeah. Uh, they're really the only two albums that I know of any depth um, at all. I've got them all in my Google Play library, but I mean, I barely listened to them. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I started to listen to the soundtrack, and my my takeaway today was going to be, wow, this is like a greatest hits soundtrack. But now, when I watch the documentary, I realize so much more subtlety over how the list is picked. Yeah, Although exactly. I'm sure I was going to get into that after. Yeah. So I thought it was great, and and the soundtrack. It was interesting because when we were doing the soundtrack analysis, it's all uh, studio cuts of the songs from the soundtrack. Um, but, you know, we were saying, how are they going to tie that in? Because they didn't have the screen for me, Sarajevo. They didn't have high quality audio. Right. Um, and if you see the documentary, you'll understand because of the conditions. But when we watched the documentary, the soundtrack featured very prominently throughout. Yeah, there's pretty much uh, Bruce Dickinson music running through the whole thing, through mm. every scene. Yeah, and way. usually there's only two or three or four songs, maybe. And then yeah. the rest is album filler. Yeah, and it's pretty cool the way they use them, too. Like, when they played Gods of War, there was, like, a bunch of uh, montages of, like, during the battle. It was, like, yeah, pretty intense. And it's an intense song, so. It is an intense yeah. song. As a matter of fact, Gods of War, they featured the whole soundtrack sequentially, and we'll get into that a little more as we go in, but they featured the soundtrack sequentially, but Gods of War featured, they showed some live cuts yeah. towards the end. But what I was thinking throughout the movie was I was like, they didn't have a lot of war footage. I guess they had limited time, and they used some war footage that was probably publicly available and that type of stuff. But someone could do a mashup of Gods of War from this. That would be pretty cool. Oh, from the from the from the documentary. Yeah. So I don't have the yeah the Blu-ray still in the mail. I don't know if there's any bonus features on that. I should have looked into that. Yeah, be interesting to see. I was hoping that I would have it and have it all watched by the time we did this. But eh, yeah, what are you gonna do? We we're living on the East Coast, <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> it takes a while for stuff to get here, so. Fantastic. So where do you want to go? Do you want to start off and talk about the documentary a bit? And yeah. Well, should we give a spoiler warning? Yeah, well, we're going to try not to give any like yeah. big spoilers, but it's kind of hard to well. talk about it at all without giving some spoilers. Yeah, Bruce survived. Yeah. There, there <laughs> the was a war. There was a war in yeah. Sarajevo. Yeah. They had a concert. Yeah, which is funny because I remember back in when that war was going on and being here in Canada and not really realizing exactly what was going on. And I watched this documentary and... Something that you heard on the news, but you didn't actually realize what was going on. Yeah. Well, it was 92 to 94. Yeah. It started in April of 1992. I knew because I was, I was kind of Googling a bit of it, trying to get my head around it again. 
and you know Yugoslavia fell apart and it hasn't really kind of gotten back yet although like Croatia's done really well um but the I think the six republics are in there I used to be able to name them all and um it's really interesting because they're in a part of the world there right the Balkans were to the way further south is Greece and then you come around that that sea is that, is that the Adriatic Sea what does that sea there well the, where the Croatia coast is and then you go down to Italy like there's that that kind of sea in there that's amazing property. It's an amazing part of the world, right? Um, but they've just had this influence where they have the religious differences, and then they've had the Soviet influence, and then there's even within, like, there's there's a big Catholic population, then there's a, an Orthodox, and then there's a Muslim population. So it's a, it's a powder keg, you know? And, um, yeah, interesting. But that three years, you're right, because I remember it was, like, 94, 95, and I was, like, in grade 10 or 11 then. That was when it started to really get on the news, and that's when a lot of Canadian peacekeepers were there. Yeah, interesting. But it wasn't until I watched the documentary that I even really realized what was going on. Well, I did kind of read about it online a little in the lead up to this when I knew we were going to be watching it. Yeah. But uh, it's weird. Yeah, things like that happen when you're younger and you don't pay that much attention. <laughs> I know. And what, what didn't feature in the documentary was that like Kosovo came after, right? Like now it wasn't the same level as, as uh, the Bosnian War. But, but Bruce didn't play there. He didn't He didn't even bother. <laughs> Jeez. Scream for me, Kosovo. Yeah. So I knew a bit about the story of this, because if you read Bruce Dickinson's book, yeah. there's a chapter in it about this. And I said that a few episodes ago, that that was the best part of the book to me. Yeah. And uh, so this was a lot more in detail of that. So if you've read his book and you read that chapter, mm. it's this with like interviews from a whole lot of people that were there, people in the band. Mm. Um, they went back and did like current day interviews and a lot of footage of like the locations and stuff yeah and like played it against like historical footage oh that's awesome there's pretty some pretty uh intense scenes in there there is some that pretty are like intense uh stuff. yeah yeah notably the uh the death of that child yeah that there's, was there's, there's a scene watch. in there that was yeah. that was tough yeah and the soldier uh, retelling it I, mean, I guess we won't get into the detail yeah so my key takeaways before we kind of break down some of the set lists and talk a little detail but it was a pretty well done documentary. Yeah, it was very well done. Yeah. yeah. You could tell, though, they had limited footage to work with, so they did a lot of current shots. Yeah. And they really blended it well with the soundtrack. Uh, overall, I thought it was good. It was long. That would be my yeah. only criticism. It was a little yeah. bit overly long. It was like an hour and a half, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Around there. Yeah, it, towards the end, it seemed like it dragged a tiny bit. Because it, it, this is build up, build up, build up, build up to the concert. Yeah. And then that's kind of the climax. And yeah. then there's a lot of stuff afterwards. Yeah. Was, it was kind of cool, but. Yeah. It was interesting. It kind of lost say. a little bit of momentum toward the, toward the end, but it didn't do anything to like change my opinion of it. It was really good. Yeah. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up from Josh. And, yeah, and Josh, yeah, definitely. Definitely worth a watch. Everybody has to yeah. see this, I think. Yeah. It's definitely, easy. definitely. Yeah. Go see it. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about um, the way that it shot. Or the way that it's put together is that where the soundtrack runs through it, um, you know, it's a good listening experience too. So it's, um, I yeah, I don't know. I thought that that made a lot of it. And we didn't have a great sound system here. No. Imagine if we watched it in our theater. Like yeah. it'd be, be way better, you know? So. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I like that aspect of it. And also where I've listened to this um, this soundtrack so much now the last yeah. while. Yeah, I listen to it a yeah. lot too. So the soundtrack... We'll start getting into yeah, it. let's break down some of the soundtrack. Level. So yeah. the albums, the Bruce solo albums are Tattooed Millionaire, Balls to Picasso, yeah. Skunk Works, which was 96. So this tour happened after Balls to Picasso. Then Accident of Birth, Chemical Wedding, 
there's a Best of Bruce Dickinson album in there, and then Tyranny of Souls. Mm. It's weird that the sou- the soundtrack, I think they just picked songs from his whole catalog. Yeah. Because a lot of them were from like Tyranny of Souls, which is way after all this stuff happened. So mm. it wasn't like they picked songs from that era that Bruce would have been playing. Yeah. It was, uh, I think they were just picked for like emotional impact. Yeah. But they're all like awesome songs. Yeah. Or the theme ties in with the documentary yeah. theme. Yeah. Nothing from Chemical Wedding or Tattooed Millionaire no. on the soundtrack. Which is interesting. Yeah. Because they're probably two of his biggest albums, I would consider. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're known to me, you know? Yeah. Well, Chemical Wedding is the, is the cabin album. Yep, that's true. Yeah, we listen to it a lot up there. One thing about the uh, the soundtrack is it's very, like, ballad-heavy or power ballad-heavy. Yeah. It has a lot of those songs. Uh, a while ago, they put out the Bruce Dickinson box set of all his albums on vinyl. Yeah. So I was listen, listening to that a lot over the last few months. And his, like, catalog as a solo artist, there, it's, it's like a big chunk of it isn't ballads. So these mm-hmm. are like way overrepresented, but then again, you have to always remember because I kept saying stuff like thinking stuff like that while I'm listening to the soundtrack. Yeah, and you got to remember there's a soundtrack to a documentary. It's not like a compilation of like greatest hits or anything. There is already a best of Bruce Dickinson if you want a greatest hits compilation. Mm-hmm. This is just a soundtrack to a movie. Yeah. So but one thing that hit me about the uh, soundtrack is there's a a, a lot of uh, tracks in there which are. And, you know, when we were watching the documentary, you realize so many of the people are in there, they might have an Iron Maiden shirt on. Most people just want a concert. You know, this guy's big, and, and they're close by, and they kind of run in and have this amazing experience. I would say probably less than 3% of that show had ever heard any of his solo stuff. Maybe, yeah, I you would know? think. Although they did say that they were watching a lot of, like, Headbangers Ball and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, you're right, because a lot of the yeah. people, the hardcore fans were, like, huge Maiden fans. Yeah. And they couldn't believe it when they heard that he was coming. Yeah. In the middle of a war zone. To play and I concert. bet a bunch of them were like, play, play some men stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But then when they were on the way to uh, the concert, they said they were just like telling people on the street and like just like gathering this huge crowd because it was kind of an underground thing because they didn't want to let out yeah. that the concert was going on because they didn't want to get like shelled or shot. <laughs> well, that was it. Yeah. So they had to they kind of like, you know. It was like the last minute they announced it. Yeah. Yeah. But where I was going with that was if if you didn't see them, there's so many tracks on here that are incredibly repetitive that you could, like, pick up on a live show. Navigate the Seas of the Sun, for example. That's right. Um, we can step through them all. But, well, Gods uh, of War has River that. of No Return. Yeah. I mean, Gods of War as well. But I, yeah. I, I don't know if they played those. See, I looked all over the internet trying to find the set list for what yeah. he actually played there. And it wouldn't have been a lot of those songs because he only had those two albums to pick from. Yeah. Right? And he might have had some from his third album, but... I'm assuming he would have played a lot of Balt Picasso stuff. Oh, interesting. You want to go through track by track? Sure. Real quickly. Change Your Heart. Pretty good intro. And intro to the movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first thing you hear when the, the documentary starts, yeah. is that. Super repetitive. Yeah. It is. Well, it's, uh, it wasn't written by Bruce. So no. I'll give you a little... This is from Balt Picasso. He started doing this album. Mm. He did two attempts to record it with, like these other lineups of bands and abandon them. So on his third try through, he teamed up with this guy named Roy Z. His name is Roy Ramirez, but then he spelled his name backwards. So it was Roy Zeramar and then that became Roy Z. <laughs> so he's this guy, Roy Z and he's, he's worked with Roy Z on like a lot of his solo stuff since right up yeah. to like present day. And there's actually news now that he has been writing a new solo album. Cause remember we said that if eternity could, should fail was from like a solo album concept album yeah. that Bruce was thinking. I think Roy Z is involved in that. 
So I think they have some stuff written right oh. now for a future one. Cool. Yeah, he ab- abandoned these two sessions. And a lot of those songs came out after as, like, uh, added bonus tracks on, this, on the Balls of Picasso, like, special edition or whatever they call yeah. it. You know how they put out these second two CD sets and the second one's all yeah. bonus material? Yeah. Um, so he worked with Rosie yeah, on Accident of Birth and Chemical Wedding, Tyranny of Souls. Mm. This song was written by Roy Z with this other band he had used to have on the go called Driver, which I think might still be on the go. And Dickinson kind of changed it, changed the words, and they like re-recorded it for Balls of Picasso. It's a really kind of a soft ballad for Bruce Dickinson. When they were recording this album, I have a quote where Bruce uh, says, yeah, the strange thing about Balls of Picasso is that we got talked into making the album less heavy than it should have been. Uh, he said, Roy should have produced it himself, but at the time he was relatively unproven. So we went with the received wisdom of others. So they wanted it to be heavy and then it came up soft. But to be honest, the song could have been a lot softer. Uh, I'll play you the original version that Roy Z's band recorded. It actually came out after this version, but this is what it was like. So it could have been a lot softer. So it's actually the version that Bruce did is a lot heavier. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It sounds like AM radio type, you know, soft rock. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this song. I I mean, to be honest with you, I started uh, skipping it when I was playing the playlist just because I found it was so repetitive. Yeah. And also the playlist, what is it? 14 tracks. Yeah. It's so long that sometimes I really want to It is a long soundtrack. Yeah. And a lot of the songs are long too. So I started... um, I started skipping ahead, and, uh, and then I started playing the second half of the playlist a lot mm-hmm. because I realized there was just no way to, um, you know, there's no way to get through the album in one sitting, you know, the ways I was listening to it on playlists, you know, like because I, I just over neglected and listened to the to the first part so much. Yeah, well, it's very ballad heavy. Yeah. Tears of the Dragon. What do you make of that? Um, that's also from Balls to Picasso. Yeah. And it's on the best of Bruce Dickinson. Uh, I think this is like the Bruce Dickinson epic solo song. Like his vocals on this are crazy. Yeah. And I, uh, they say the songs, like the lyrics are about him leaving Iron Maiden. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's l- lyrics in there. Where I was, I had wings that couldn't fly. Where I was, I had tears I couldn't cry. So I think he felt like, Ooh. you know what I mean? And there's a music video for it. He's like actually like throwing himself into a sea. You know how the lyrics are like about throwing yourself into the sea. Well, there's yeah. him like, in the sea, and there's like a lot of black and white artsy stuff. There's a woman who's like, she's got like feathers or something. I can't remember. It look, she looks like she's one of the Rainmaker video. Remember those people dancing in the Rainmaker video? Yeah. She kind of looks like that. So it's like this artsy thing. I don't know. Yeah. Very serious. <laughs> I love the vocals on this. Actually, I've got yeah. a clip here to play for you.
so that's the basically the chorus, uh, but that's a live version of it. Yeah. But I Man, just that love the amazing vocals. live. I love the vocal. That's like that song is like his ultimate. Yeah. I think vocal, like as far as vocals go, is ultimate like epic song solo. Oh, anyway, uh, so much great like, song. Yeah. It's no coincidence that yeah. so much of this album is vocal heavy. I mean, it's yeah. Bruce. Yeah, right. It's, it's not like you're yeah. gonna be like, oh, it's got the best guitar solos. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> there are some good guitar solos. There are a few. Yeah, a few. Um, the next song I, I got on, I like right in the first listen, I just loved God's of War. Yeah, vocals so, on God's yeah. of War are like amazing. Great guitar, yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like insane. The drumming on this song is really cool, too. So, yeah, there's a really cool riff going through the song. Yeah. Uh, it's Roy Z. Uh, it's cool how it has this like laid back groove, and then the, co- the chorus comes in and it gets like really heavy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's cool. The, the backing band is called Tribe of Gypsies, that's like Roy Z's band. Yeah, they're super tight on this track. Actually, all these tracks there, but this one, like, they just sound really tight. It's a yeah, great song. This was, I think, a uh, that also probably it's third track in the album. It's you know, it's it is a repetitive chorus. It's fairly identifiable, yeah. heavy, awesome. I'd probably put it as one of the best tracks on the on the soundtrack. But also, it features so prominently in the movie. Right, like it comes in all of the tracks, as I said before, are sequential in the movie. So it's the third track, yeah. in the movie. But then also they show the live scene. They right. play a clip of the yeah. Live they show footage. a video of the concert in Sarajevo, and he's yeah. doing the song, and the crowd's going crazy. Yeah, and the Gods of War too. It, the Gods of War it makes sense that in the setting. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a a scene in this movie too where the where they have the song playing at the it's like in the first quarter of the movie. And it's right when they the war starts up, and they're just yeah. explaining how the war kind of like the setup to the war, and then it says about how it just like everything went crazy in the city, and yeah. they have this song underneath it, and it's like all this footage of actual like war scenes from the scene at the time, and this song playing underneath it, and it's just like it's really cool, really yeah, powerful. The city just started getting shelled, like, and and there's like all of a sudden they're in the war. Yeah, it's weird. They're That's just insane. like living their life, and then there's like these protests, and then next thing you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's crazy. That's why you should never protest. <laughs> Take that <laughs> Occupy Wall along. Street. <laughs> no, I mean it's uh, it's crazy yeah. to think that that could happen, right? It was a really crazy documentary. Again, like uh, we're talking about the soundtrack mostly, but everybody should see this documentary. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. Will they allow it to live stream? I wonder. Probably not for a while. It won't be up. Then you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on iTunes. <laughs> and then you can play it anywhere you want in a shed with no audio. <laughs> Go order the Blu-ray off or the yeah. DVD off the website. Yeah. It's a DVD, not a Blu-ray? I think you can get it in both. Ooh, nice. Next one, Dark Side of Aquarius. So before we started doing this yeah. uh, soundtrack to this documentary, this was always one of my favorite Bruce Dickinson yeah. songs. Yeah. This is from Accident of Birth, which is uh, it's the first track on Accident of Birth, Yeah, which actually came out after. So this is a, a Bruce song from after all the stuff in the documentary had finished by a couple of years. Uh, 97 this album was, I think. Yeah. After Balls to Picasso, they did this album called Skunk Works, which is, that's the the album that I'm like the least familiar with. I know the first few tracks on it pretty well, but I haven't really gotten in deep into it. So I was listening to the vinyl. It's a little bit harder, it's a lot harder to get into. It's a really weird sounding album, the Skunk Works album. And yeah. this is the band that was touring. The, he want, they wanted to call the band and the album Skunk Works, but the record company was like, you have to call it Bruce Dickinson. But the, they put out this album Skunk Works. And so then after Skunk Works, which was like, you'd have to listen to it to, I can't yeah. really describe it. It's a really different sound. In. Um, they kind of go back to like the metal 
and rock sound with this Accident of Birth album. Yep. And so this is Roy Z again, and uh, also Adrian Smith. So Adrian Smith, who had also left Maiden, yep. came and joined uh, Bruce for this. Oh, um, really? Yep. And uh, the Derek Riggs did the cover, so it's kind of like this weird uh, outside of Maiden, like Bruce on his solo album yeah. with Adrian, and also Derek Riggs came and did the album cover. So it's kind of like this like Maiden-related yeah. hookup outside of Maiden. It's kind of neat. So have you ever seen the album cover? It's like a, a puppet. No, I haven't. And it's like bursting out of someone's chest. Yeah. And it's Derek Riggs did it. They named that character Edison. Which is supposed to be like Eddie's son, so it's like a play on words. It's kind of like a take on, oh, it's like a little, I don't know if it's like a dig or if it's a joke on like the Maiden. Yeah. So yeah, Maiden were like between the two Blaze albums and like long done with Derek Riggs by this point. Mm. So Bruce got him to do this album cover. But Dark Side of Aquarius is an awesome song. Really cool lyrics about the four Hellriders, which I love that kind of stuff in my lyrics, right? There's like the first Hellrider came on wings. Of plenty in the dark. The second Hellrider came from flaming seas and molten sands. Like, nice. uh, that's really cool. The third Hellrider, teaching brother to kill brother. The fourth Hellrider waits on an acid trip for an acid world. <laughs> oh, God. The horse it's riders cool. of the I know. I love it. <laughs> I love the intro. Um, yeah. I just love the way it ramps up. I got a clip here. The first Hellrider came. Yeah, I love that little palm muted riff that's in there. It's yeah. really cool. I love the transitions that, yeah. that, that, are, that are in there. It's, it's such an awesome tune. Yeah, that's really what I'm about the first uh, Hellrider. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, to me, I, I thought of this soundtrack as a greatest hits album because so many of these uh, tracks are so strong. Yeah. That if it's not, i got to really get more deep into Bruce stuff because there's some amazing stuff. It is there. a greatest hits in a way. Yeah. But it's really ballad heavy. It'd be like if you did a Best of Guns N' Roses and you picked like November Rain and like. A whole bunch of like the ballad songs, yeah, and you kind of ignored all their heavy stuff. It doesn't really give you an indication of what Guns N' Roses is really about, yeah. but they're still all awesome songs. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's cool. That makes sense. I like the song a lot. The part where they go, you know, that part where it gets like that whole part that you were playing and the yeah. chorus is amazing. The part where it's like push the wheel of time around. Yeah, you know when it gets to that part. Yep, towards the end. Uh, it dips a bit there for me. It's like a ten and ten out of ten when it gets up to there, and then it kind of like. I don't like that part very much for some reason. And there's like these lyrics about the silver surfer. I don't yeah. know what that's all about. It just kind of, yeah. The dark side of Aquarius. I mean, it's like, I don't really, I didn't I didn't dig in too much into the actual theme itself. Yeah. Navigate the Seas of the Sun, the next track. Right. Um, so it's another ballad. That one is a full-on yeah. ballad. Yeah. It's so repetitive. Um, I, lo- I like the song. Right. Like, and he, and his vocals are excellent, but it is a bit, like, it's a bit drag, drags on a bit, you know. I don't know. Yeah, it's this is from Tyranny of Souls, yeah, which is a 2005 album. So he did this solo album after he got back with Maiden. This is like a full-on power ballad. Ballad is like starts off soft and decides like layers and layers and kind of gets heavier. So it's a power ballad. It's not like it's still heavy, but it is a total power ballad. It's got like ocean sound effects over it and stuff. It's uh, there's some know. funky background vocal stuff going on, isn't there? Yeah, I like at the at the end, Bruce does these background vocals on the song at the end. Yeah. They're really, really cool. Um, I always kind of thought of the song as like the sister song to Tears of the Dragon. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, not anything to do with uh, lyrics or anything, but just, 
I don't know, they kind of so I, have I, the same feel to them. Yeah, I, I clipped this out. I never played this for you, so I, I don't mean to put you on the air here, but um, I clipped out the vocals. Just, yeah. just, I just pulled a clip of where I can hear them. Well, we Yeah, so like you can hear like the right. Background. So that's the part yeah. I was just talking about. How there's yeah. like these uh, background vocals. They're kind of cool in the end. I don't know. It yeah. Just gives it a bit of. So that's him, eight Because when I was listening to it on my stereo, I was like, uh, it almost sounded like it was so high pitched. It almost sounded like there was someone backing him up there. You know. Yeah, obviously I'm sure those like overdubbed in the studio. Of course, yeah. that makes more sense. But uh, yeah, another ballad, very ballad heavy album. Oh man, is it ever? So away from the ballads. Yes. And then back to the accident of birth album. With Road to Hell as the next track. Yeah. So this is, remember I told you Accident of Birth is Adrian Smith is back in the band? Yes. So this is an Adrian Smith riff. And oh. if you listen to this riff, it's pure Adrian. So with that solo, but yeah. know, but halfway through the track, yeah. that's so, an Adrian solo? Because I, I, my note was like, who did that solo? Yeah, so this, yeah, it's, it's Dickinson yeah. and Smith written. Uh, Adrian had this band Psycho Motel on the go at this time. It was like 1997. He kind of put that band on hold to record this album with Bruce. And they kind of stuck the, stuck to this lineup for Chemical Wedding too, which uh, I, for some reason they omitted completely on this album. I think maybe the theme of that album doesn't fit what the documentary is about. Yeah. Um, but if you hear this riff, um, it's a total Adrian riff. That's so awesome. that's yeah, you can totally when you hear it and listen to it, it sounds like an Adrian solo around that era. Yeah, it's awesome. It's funny because you know when I when I pulled this list together, I did reference the albums, but I don't know the albums that well. But the whole way through this one, I was like, "Who's playing the guitar?" Yeah. I was like, "I was loving it." Yeah. I was like, "Which band is this?" Of course, it's Adrian. It has to be <laughs> the solo is awesome. Yeah, you yeah. have a clip of the solo. Right? Yeah, I'll play okay. that in there now. Yeah, that's very Adrian sounding. It almost sounds like something like from uh, Wicker Man, that kind of like yeah. feel to it. Yeah, great song. Great song. Adrian Smith, can't go wrong. Yeah, it's it's definitely... Yeah. It's uh, on the best of Bruce Dickinson, too, so okay. I made it. Yeah. This beer is going down smooth. Yeah, this is great. Isn't it excellent? Handcrafted in Prince Edward Island. Yeah. Remember, we have to talk more about the beer throughout. That's true. We Isn't just, this yeah. beer so fantastic? Oh man, we uh, another thing I wanted to mention is uh, in the last Final Frontier episode. Yeah, we really didn't like where the wild wind blows. Yeah, yeah people are not having it, man. <laughs> no <laughs> way. A few emails. Uh, people, Why uh, do people like that song? I don't know, but people love it, and you they don't like that we trashed it. TV. <laughs> I just, oh my god. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind it, but like, I kind of mind it. I don't like it. Well, I'm not a big fan of it, but what yeah. I find hilarious is that most people we talk to don't even listen to the album. But then there are these yeah. few people who listen to the album, yeah. and then they get really... And people are like, uh, I saw someone tweeted that 
at us, and they're like, uh, that song is worth the price of admission for the whole album. And I'm like, what? What? I like that album despite that song. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe after you've drank all of our craft beer list, perhaps. Different strokes <laughs> for different folks, I guess. But Oh, man. Know, man. No, objectively. Hey, look, you got, you know. Every now and then when you get those angry emails, at least you know that there's people are listening. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. a good thing, right? People are paying attention to what you're saying. Um, yeah. No, you know, it's funny. Fair <laughs> enough. We've done it. Next track. What are we moving on to? Arc of Space. Yeah. Oh, I'm not a huge fan of this one. Slow. Yeah, it's slow. another ballad, right? And this yeah. one is like a really slow acoustic ballad with lots of strings yeah. under it. I never really got into it. The vocals are they're pretty good, but they're kind of bland. Yeah. Um, This band of gypsies. Uh, that's Roy Z's backing band. Yeah. Or I guess he's his band that he's in. They kind of have a Latin vibe to them. And this song kind of has that like Latin-y feel to it. Like the guitar solo has this like kind of classical sound to it. The song, I don't know. I This is one that I tend to like, I don't skip over it, but I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of this one. Yeah, I'm not a huge it's fan either. Right. It's and kind it's... of filler to me. And I think maybe this song, and there's another one coming up that I'll talk about when we get to it. I think these were kind of picked because of the soundtrack. They wanted something slow and emotional to play under a certain part. And that's why it got picked, not because of the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like score for scenes in the documentary. And it worked really well in documentary. Yeah, it might make sense. Because the soundtrack itself isn't so much a planned album. But it it is when when you line it up with the movie. So that that makes sense. But for me, it it really kills momentum between uh, Road to Hell and and, uh, Omega. Like that's yeah. that's the problem for yeah. me. Like when I because I listen to it sequentially is yeah. like an album, and uh, I just really like I love the song Omega. It's just so yeah. good. Well, that's the next song. Let's just yeah. get into that because we didn't yeah. really like that last song. No. Omega. Another. <laughs> it's not bad, but I was just like, eh. another accent of verse song. Yeah. Uh, another ballad. Like it starts out like a soft ballad, and then it gets heavier. Yeah. Like a power ballad, right? It's another power ballad. Um, I find that. Where there's so many of this type of song, they kind of get blended together on the album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where on their respective albums that they're from, they kind of stick out yeah. because they're like unique. But these, this kind of like handpicked a bunch of these kind of ballads and put them together. And again, you always have to remember this isn't like a best of Bruce Dickinson album. It's a soundtrack to a movie. Yeah. So that's the reason that they were picked, I think. It is a really great song. Yeah, it's one and of it's my favorites. it's really catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you listen to the Accident of Birth album... Yeah. It fits so much better on there. And here it kind of gets lost. It's it's a really good yeah. song, but it kind of gets lost among all the other ballads. You know what yeah. I mean? You have like Navigate the Seas of the Sun and Tears of the Dragon. And then this is in there. And they all just kind of like... They blend together a bit. Yeah. Know? And they don't get the attention that they deserve by themselves that they should. Yeah. But I mean, that's no. why you have to... I'm going to get you... We're going to start covering some of these uh, Bruce Dickinson solo albums. Because yeah. they're all really good. Oh, I'm going to. i got to get them all yeah. as well. I've got a Best of Bruce Dickinson DVD in there, too, that has some, like, concerts and stuff on it. Yeah, well, I love Bruce's stuff so much. Yeah. I mean, we, we just got to break them all down. I love the vocals, again, in this album. Obviously, I'm a Bruce fan anyway, and we're in a Bruce. Yeah. So, But just listen to this clip of the vocals. Look at your future. That's pretty That's awesome. Cool. And a very heavy riff underneath it. It's yeah. a really great song. Really great song. Yeah. It's one of my favorites on the album. Yeah? Yeah. Another thing is two-thirds of the way through the song, uh, there's this tempo change, 
And there's like super heavy blistering solo with this like heavy riff at the end. Yeah. There's a cool slow guitar solo mm-hmm. with this like cool little guitar tone thing on the go. And then like this heavy solo comes in and it's just like it's yeah. a really awesome solo. And it's kind of cool how the song like turns around like that after it's like really powerful and then it just like ramps up into this metal solo. If you're looking for like traces of like Maiden in the Bruce solo stuff, the last third of the song is very like maideny. So uh, just play a clip of the last third of the song. So there's that little part there where it sounds very, very maidenly to me in that solo. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's very cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So then we get into track number nine, "River of No Return," which is another ballad and another repetitive from "Tyranny of yeah. Souls." Yeah, really chorus-driven, repetitive, and and I like it a lot. Um, you know, but same time at this stage, if you're listening to it as a cohesive album at this stage, it's a little bit like, all right, another one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so this is, yeah, "Tyranny of Souls." So this was after long after bruce was back in maiden he did this solo album it's a really good album uh a long time ago i remember i made you an intro to bruce dickinson playlist yeah there's a bunch of songs from tyranny of souls on there i think a lot of it was tyranny of souls and chemical wedding where did you do that playlist Uh, that was in like episode number one (laughs) no i gave it to you to listen to and you did listen to it and we always meant to go back to it and we never did yeah that's right because i did but where where do i have that now i don't know that's right (laughs) Yeah, but River of No Returns, yeah, so Tyranny, Tyranny of Souls, yeah. Bruce was, this would have been between Dance of Death and A Matter of Life and Death. Okay. And Roy Z wrote all these riffs, and apparently they say that he sent the riffs to Bruce, and he, like, fleshed out the songs and added the lyrics to them. So mm. they kind of did a long-distance, like, songwriting collaboration. River of No Return is really catchy, and it's a great song. And when I hear it on Tyranny of Souls, again, it... It's a great song. But again, it's just this, so many ballads in a row when you're listening to this as a soundtrack. Yeah. When I get it on vinyl, I'm going to see how they break up the vinyl sides. Yeah. Because if you're in the mood for something mellow, it would probably be a really good album to listen to. Yeah. And, you know, you also, you look at it, we, we, we maybe complain that the movie, the one fault we had was that it, might, it seemed a bit long. Although, you know, an hour and a half isn't long for no. a movie yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but then again... You know, it's like the length of a concert in some ways. Yeah. But maybe the soundtrack feels longer because it's played through the movie length. Yeah. So there's that side to it. But yeah, I know what you're saying. At this stage, yeah. like, I found, and that's why I started um, listening to the second half of the playlist a yeah. lot because I was fatigued by the time I got to this yeah. stage. Yeah. And it felt, it started to run together. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. Well, the thing is, too, after what we just watched the documentary, the documentary is very, like deep powerful scenes of like really emotional stuff and like you're not really going to play tattooed millionaire under you almost want to have that like the the feeling of a power ballad is exactly yeah. like the the mood for this movie so and they it's more perfect. respectful maybe too right yeah 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 i think so i'd agree with that that's good analysis yeah i don't know i'd go with that <laughs> but another yeah another ballad is just it, it's a it's a it's a lot yeah, and then you know it's it's such a long album too. Then it's like Power of the Sun. Literally, you know, my notes for this. <laughs> this is what I've got. Good tune. Period. Oh, yeah. No, it is a really good. It yeah. is a great tune, and it's an up tempo one. Yeah. And you're back into the rock stuff again. 
it's got a really cool like palm muted riff at the beginning. It's just it's like a great yeah. It's, Bruce sounds great. It's straight up rocker. Uh, after you pass this weird intro, it's just this like full on rocker. It's great. Yeah. I wish there was more kind of stuff like this on there. Yeah. But again, that's me thinking of it as an album first. And not a I mean, it could have hit earlier yeah. for that purpose, yeah. but it's not, and it, yeah. and it fit. Because you think about it, there's not yeah. really any scenes in the documentary where you could like lay down like a bunch of super fast like rockers. You yeah. know what I mean? There's not, and especially where there's so much like they did time it really well with the ballads, where yeah. like the chorus would come up in between conversations yeah. and it would fade back out into the background, yeah. and then they have conversation. A lot of it had subtitles because yeah. it is kind of like a deep and sort of depressing. <laughs> the it first is. lead up to it the is. concert and what was going on there is like yeah it's pretty know. intense but then when you get into these these last four tracks we start to run through it for me they this is where i would say that the that the movie really added a lot like specifically on the last few and we'll talk about them when we get to them but you know at this stage power of the sun they were before power of the sun i think or somewhere around there um in this in the movie they played the the gods of war stuff and that was yep. right in the concert and then they had about three or four more tracks as they wound down yep. and showed them coming back and those various pieces um but like strange death in paradise then inertia then that acoustic and then uh, eternal they all made a lot more sense to me when i saw where they fit in the movie yeah totally yeah. especially yeah. the acoustic yeah well we'll get into those. So i was like why did they die the album like yeah. that? i was listening to it like an album i was yeah. like cuz we've always gone on and on yeah. about well i was kind of was too cuz i had a yeah. lot of uh Kind of, I was going to criticize it more as far as like kind of mo- losing momentum and having a lot of power mm-hmm. ballads on there. But now, after watching the documentary, I can makes understand. Sense. It totally makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. And it'll be really cool to see how they laid out on the So podcast. maybe we should have like watched the documentary first and then started listening to this. Because <laughs> we're, we're doing this to encourage people to buy this yeah. and get involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. So Strange Death in Paradise is off that Skunk Works album. Yep. So this is a weird, very different for Bruce sounding song. Because this whole album, uh, this is back, like, peak, like, grunge, right? Like, 95, 96. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this is has a very, like, Alice in Chains vibe to the opening riff. So, if I told you, if I replaced his vocals with Chris Cornell, would you believe that could be a Chris Cornell solo track? Yeah. I was thinking yeah. more Alice in Chains, but it has that kind of, like, feel that of what was going on in rock in the 90s at the time. My, as soon as I started playing this, I was like, man, this could be on a Chris Cornell solo. It totally. It has that whole yeah. feel, almost that euphoria morning feel. And... Um, uh, right away, as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Whoa, this is yeah. so different!" Like, what's I going hate on labeling here? things as like grunge, but when people think yeah. of like that grungy yeah. sound, it kind of has that. I guess it would be more like '90s, mid '90s alternative rock sound, kind of like. I almost felt like I'd heard it before. Yeah, well, yeah. to me, it's just as the, the opening song. riff just screamed like Alice in Chains to me. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's funny that you we both thought it sounded like that's my point right there. Band. Reminds me of Chris Cornell. Yeah, they basically. Bruce kind of like after balls to Picasso, he kind of just wanted to like scrap everything and just do something completely different. That's when I was saying he wanted to have this band called Skunk Works. Yeah. And the record company was like, no, it's going to be called 
Yeah, it's a we game went, called Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. <laughs> the Traveling Wilburys did well. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And the, so originally yeah, it was going to be the album and band named Skunk Works. So now yeah. it's like Bruce Dickinson is the name of the artist. Yeah. And the album was called Skunk Works. But yeah, he's trying to kind of reinvent himself with a totally different feel and different kind of music. And that whole album is really hard to get into Skunk Works, I found. But when you do, like the songs are really good. Mm. They're pretty good. It's just not that straight ahead, like catchy stuff because they're very like... I don't know how to describe it. You have to hear it. Yeah. Weird sounding, I guess. Yeah. Especially for Bruce Dickinson type stuff. So the next song, Inertia, it's a live version on the soundtrack. Yes. Um, This is another song off Skunk Works, and it also has like a weird kind of vibe to it. Yeah. For Chris Cornell, or for (laughs) Bruce Dickinson, I mean. For Bruce. And this this is a song that I loved on the album, but... Or I liked it on. I, I would have put it in my top four or five, maybe my top seven. When I saw that today on the soundtrack, that was awesome. Yeah, that was in the movie. In the, or in, really I'm sorry, cool. not yeah. in the in the yeah. actual the way documentary. The movie, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, that's one of the best placements. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of an upbeat track for the Skunk mm. Works album. It's got some cool little like slide guitar stuff in there, which is kind of neat. Yeah, and his vocals are just amazing. There's some like doubled up vocals or something. So this on. is a really good example of how yeah. Bruce is trying to do something different with the Skunk Works album. Yeah. Compared to the first half of the soundtrack, this is these two songs like they stick out a lot, and you can tell that they come from like the same album because they have this vibe. It doesn't sound like the rest of the songs. I like the live version too. Yeah, I love I love this part. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm saying, and you can hear it sounds a little bit different. It's like kind of has this weird vibe to it, but it's cool. Absolutely. The next song, this song is just called Acoustic Song, which yeah. is like another ballady type thing. And yeah. this is just kind of like movie soundtrack background music. Yep. In the movie, when they when it came in, I was like, oh, okay, here's that where they fit that song in. Yeah. But I, this is one that I just I never really listened to much when we were going through. I even kind of skipped it a bunch. Yeah, I well when when they played it at the end of the towards the end of the movie there, it's the second last song. I was like, now it makes sense to me because literally my comments from the album. Yeah, I, I did skip this quite yeah. a bit. It was you know boring to me. It's yeah, but it it's made not something sense. That just, it fit yeah. perfect. Again, yeah. it was like but again, it's show. background for when yeah. you're watching something. This yeah. music and like well, I think I think like they they did the the documentary they started it off you know gods of war and all these ballads and they were fading the ballads in and out with all this interesting conversation they're leading up towards the show they have limited footage of the show they really bang that out well and then they like wind it down and like bruce is there and they're reflecting and somber and and they wound it down with these tracks so it makes sense now but i was looking at it as a soundtrack i had no idea when we were listening to it until we just watched the documentary two hours ago I had no idea that the that the soundtrack would actually mirror sequentially. Yeah, that's something so, else. Is yeah. All these songs were in order in order on the soundtrack yeah. that they are in the movie. So you should get Pretty the much. same feel. Yeah. listening to this. So there's like an get. arc. Yeah. through the movie is the same as like the feel that you get from listening to the soundtrack. That's right. Except the arc like goes high early with the war shots. Yeah, and then kind of goes into ballads as everyone's kind of reacting and talking about it. Yeah, and then it peaks again when the show comes on, and then yeah. it winds down. It's reflective and and this. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's cool. So the last song, Eternal. Yeah. It's pretty much another ballad. It's from the Tyranny of Souls Japanese release. So this is the first time it's been like widely released. Yeah. Um, it's another power ballad. It's catchy. Yeah. Uh has a cool solo. There's like a cool slide guitar part at the end. Yeah. Uh by the time the song 
comes up because I was listening to this playlist a lot. Yeah. I was kind of like burnt out on these power ballads by the yep. time this came out. And I don't think I really gave it the attention that yeah. I should have, but this was an opportunity to do like a closing credit, something cool. Yeah. Um, but I really like this track. Yeah. But again, it's like you said, I I, I think you know what what is it? Is it the fifteenth? Fourteenth. Fourteenth? Yeah. It's a long it's a lot long of music. Album, it's yeah. a lot, you know? It's yeah. a double album essentially. Yeah. 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 And a hefty one. Yeah. I, I, I'd agree with you there. By the end, it was just a lot. My takeaway on this album was very simply that uh, I thought at first it was a great hits album. But then I got into it. I was like, okay, all of Bruce's solo stuff is very similar. Yeah. But awesome. And he sounds amazing because yeah. on these power ballads, he can really like belt out these songs. Yeah. And when you hear him singing these songs, like when they collect all these ones together yeah. and put them together, like you're like Bruce's voice. You're just like, wow. What he does is amazing. But I was completely wrong. It's not a greatest album. It's an album meant to mirror right. the documentary. Right. And it does it amazingly. Right. Yeah. So there is, yeah, the best of Bruce Dickinson. That's right. Want, the best of Bruce Dickinson. But I would highly, highly recommend picking up the soundtrack. Though. It's really good. There's a ton of good songs on here. And a lot of ones that I never paid as much attention to on their albums that they're from. Yeah. And when you hear them here... I kind of made a point of paying more attention to them. They're just great. Like, I want to go back and listen to Skunk Works a lot more after listening to these two tracks. Yeah. And again, man, just uh, the whole doc- the soundtrack, the documentary, it all works together awesome. It works together. Highly, highly recommend this documentary. It's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, they did They did good work on it. Yeah. And at the same time, like, it wasn't over sappy. Look, what they did was really cool. Yeah. They went into Sarajevo. They gave a little bit of hope. But at the same time, they, you know, it was a time when... I'd say people in Sarajevo must have felt like the world didn't care. Right? Yeah, it was for just like the shittiest place on the planet yeah. for them at the time. And for like two hours, they yeah. we forgot what? that there was even a war going on. We were just rocking out to a concert. And you know what? He's You can be a celebrity and uh, you can walk by someone who needs a signature or whatever. And you can do all that stuff. And I'm sure Bruce has done that and he's not infallible. But, you know, he saw an opportunity to do something cool. And he took he took a risk. Yeah, like, there was risks there. Like even the, the military guys that were helping the concert walk, like the British uh, militaries who were working on the UN, deserve a lot of credit too because yeah. they like took him in their care and they were like, let's make this happen. Yeah, I mean that's that's the cool side I think of like nationalism and, and army and stuff that they actually pulled together to make this happen that they saw value in it. And um, you know it's it's interesting because he was there behind the lines. Like it was it was funny with like Prince Harry when he was in Afghanistan. Um, like he wanted to be into fighting, and he was there. But they're like, also at the same time, they had a code word for him because they're like, "Holy, if this guy gets caught, yeah." And they had to walk that line because otherwise, it's not legitimate, right? And um, yeah, it's interesting. So he was he was actually there, and like they they were in a risk, and a shell could have hit that place at any moment. Oh yeah, especially with that many people there, it would have been a guaranteed. Some people would have loved to have taken him out. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's it's. Really, really well done documentary. Yeah. If you watch, like, it really gives you a sense of what it was like there, which I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Because you always think of, like, there's, like, a, a war on the go in Sarajevo, and a, you always think of it as, like, some kind of skirmishes here, but you forget that it's, like, in yeah. the streets and it's, like, in people's houses and it's, like, right in the city and there's people trying to live in there. It's yeah. crazy. And the candid shots they got up, up to date of the people reflecting on it, they did yeah. a great job. Like, the, oh, yeah. the filming is excellent. The production yeah. is excellent. The guys who did this documentary, big shout out. Huge, huge, uh, excellent quality. And um, with, with, I would say, modest resources, uh, specifically with respect to filming and audio from the original. I bet they would love to go back and <laughs> tap in. But, you know, I mean, it was just chaos getting there. Yep. 
I mean, you know. Well, it's 1,425 days, the siege of the city. Yeah. So there's people living in there just trying to live their, like, daily lives. It's crazy. Yeah. I got an interesting story. I got an interesting story about a friend of mine in Ireland. So, like, he was going to Australia during the Bosnia War. And um, (laughs) this is, like, going to make him sound like the worst guy ever. He's the best guy ever. But he was, like, trying to go to Australia. And uh, he ended up going down for, like, a year. And then you know, overstayed his visa. And then we left, they were like, you can't come back. But he went back and got his passport reissued and his Irish name went back for another year. And then that was it and left for good. It was a lot of people did that back then. Right. But, um, he was, he was, he had booked a flight and he was like a week away and Ireland posted us up uh, a passport office back in the nineties was notoriously bad. When I lived in Ireland, I used to have to go get mine, like guard a card renewed. And it was notoriously, it was like a day shot every time. Right. Although I was pretty quick compared to most. And, um, he went in and there was a huge lineup and he was talking to an officer and they were like, uh, man, you know, you're going to be waiting for a while. But he got up and they were like, he was like, I need a passport. I need it quick. And they were like, uh, well, what do you, what do you do? He's like, I'm going to Sarajevo. I'm working with an aid group. I don't have my papers yet. And they were like, oh, Sarajevo, here you go. And they gave him his passport and he went and hung it on a beach in Australia. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, look, he was 19 years old. Yeah, right? yeah. Like if you're going to do something <laughs> stupid, do it at that age. But isn't that ridiculous? It he is. actually went up there and they were like, good luck, cut speed, young man. And he was like, <laughs> anyway, oh, true story. Funny. Yeah. So reflection on the beer, top class. Five Great out of beer. five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great. It's amazing. Again, I'll post this on the, our, our beer page where I have all the beers listed. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, after this episode, yeah, Seventh, Seventh Sun. Sun. Seventh Sun. Seventh Sun is coming out next week. Seventh Sun. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of episodes in that one. Yeah. So that should be good. And then uh, after that, it's tour. It's the tour. We'll Phew. be in. We're going to do our Euro tour. Oh, wow. For Maiden and hopefully record a podcast over there. Yeah. We got, oh, my God. It's coming so quick. I know. Basically got a couple of weeks up at the cabin relaxing now. And then we're taking off to uh, yep. to England. Yep. Can't wait. Wow. You got any got any questions, any emails, anything like that, get in touch with us. We've been getting a lot of responses lately, and it's, it's yep. great. It's fun. It's and, fun getting emails. And you're replying. I'm replying, yeah. <laughs> I get scattered one in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Up the irons, down the hops. <laughs>